And welcome to a very special, yet sad, edition of Box Seats. I'm your host, Chase. Joining by me today is, uh, virtually of course, is my good friend and co-host, that's producer, Sid Conker. How are you doing, bud? Thank you for uh, passing the virtual talking sticks, Chase. I'm happy to be here as always. Why are we sad? Uh, Tom Brady. Ah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess, we can talk, I guess we'll talk about the Super Bowl that just happened. Uh, as I mentioned in the podcast description, we'll get into some NBA later on in the show. Uh, our, very, our extremely half-assed takes as we're a couple football guys slowly migrating over to basketball this year. So pardon any uh, uninformed or just plain stupid takes you might hear along the show. But uh, yes, yeah, what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Did you lose all your money? How'd it go for you? First thought is that this ring doesn't count for Brady. Yes, I'm listening. Mahomes had the turf toe. Uh, the Rams one doesn't count because he didn't do anything. Um, the first two don't count because he was carried by his defense. So I think the Panthers one probably counts. And then the Hawks one, he was bailed out by Malcolm Butler. Something. I'll give him. I'll give him the Falcons one. I can't. I kind of give him the Falcons one. Falcons one, maybe, but James White should have won MVP. Okay, so what we're here. What I'm hearing is LeBron has more championships than Tom Brady, and I'm very okay with that. I mean, I can go into why LeBron's don't count. Too. No, 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 no. That's, that's that's another show. That's I, I promise. If you say something about it, I will I will cut it out. I'll save that for uh, July if it's needed. Yeah, I mean, once LeBron loses this finals, I mean, that's kind of how it goes, you know. He's not he's not going to win two in a row. LeBron's bound to lose this one, so save all your hates for then when I'm extra sad and just pile on. Yeah, I'll have plenty of stuff to talk about at that point. The Super Bowl was uh, all right. It was a little bit surprising how not competitive it was. It looked like the Chiefs offense just got totally out of game plan and didn't have... Um, I know what they were thinking. It's hard, like, you know, you're playing a team for the second time. This is a caught off guard and they just never adjusted it looked like they were just waiting they kept trying to go deep and they're waiting for like their big shots to come into fruition and by taking away taking that away while also just not letting Mahomes just sit in the pocket for more than a second so I was, I was surprised they didn't go more into the screen game more into the tricky tricks tricky stuff that they do at any point yeah, what's weird is we saw more streakers than we did like creative play calling by the Chiefs. I mean, really, I was I'm, I'm totally I'm totally with you. I mean, the only time they really had any success was when Patrick was 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 basically forcing the ball into Kelsey. I think in the third and fourth quarter, basically just saying, "All right, like go over the middle, box out a linebacker, and I will just feed you as many times as we can." Because that's our only productive part of our offense. I mean, the rushing yards were low. I couldn't get Tyreek involved as much as they wanted to, and I've never seen someone like even as a guy who watches Russ a lot scramble for his life and just try to make something out of nothing. That's <laughs> that was like what Russ does, like tenfold what happens in Mahomes yeah. in the Super Bowl. It, it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I'm a, I'm a, given the front seven of the Tampa Bay Bucks, I'm surprised they weren't more prepared for that. They, they I feel like in, going into a Super Bowl. You have a game plan, but you, sh- you should have, like, three or four game plans based on what the defense is doing. It looked like, Champ- it looked like Kansas City never really adjusted um, to their O-line not giving 
Mahomes a second a time. Tyreek was taken over the top, and the only thing they could do is like force it to Travis Kelsey. It didn't help that no one played well on offense. It wasn't coaching either. There were some easy catches that were clearly dropped. And Tampa just looked like the tougher, more driven team. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know what it was really. I mean, it's. I mean, your, your earlier point, which is a really good point. I mean, you can't just be one dimensional in your uh, play design or overall game plan. I should say. Um, it's it's, it's it goes to a larger point of how difficult it is for NFL offenses to kind of think ahead of what defense how defenses are going to play them because you know it's a lot. I mean, obviously you know what certain teams' defenses' weaknesses are um, and how you can attack them, but at the same time. They're going to just to take away those those, e- those easy holes that everyone takes advantage of them all year, and then on top of that, um, you know that they're going to play for your offense. So I don't know. I don't know how you have that kind of foresight in general to go against both of those ideas. So I mean, they're they're in tough spots. I mean, I'm sure everyone. Every, I would say most playoff teams <laughs> probably did a little extra film study on the Chiefs. I mean, just because. They're the, one, the only, only truly softball offense remaining in the NFL up until last Sunday. So yeah. it's tough when everyone knows, everyone knows what you're all about, too. And they don't have a lot of, like, guys that can handle the, you know, like, good, can handle, like, you, you know, doing hard cuts, the crossing routes, over-the-middle stuff. I mean, that's like Kelsey and Hill. I mean, their other receivers, that's not really what they their strengths are either. So... I think it's Kelsey pretty... and Hill are the offense, right? When those two pieces aren't going, it's really. I mean, even the running backs play off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, those strengths. So when that's not going, it's hard to get the other stuff. No one else, like, if they had a running game, you need like a little bit more layered. Uh, you can get out of the situation like that. But that was the that was the whole game. I feel like this Tampa Bay defense versus the Chiefs offense because. Tampa's offense, uh, you can blame the Chiefs defense a little bit, I guess, but I don't know if anyone was expecting the Chiefs defense to, you know, pitch a shutout and win the game for them. Mm-hmm. Tampa's offense didn't do anything I was expecting them to do. Right? They're a good offense. They're one of the most efficient passing offenses this year. They put up 30 points, um, and Brady didn't have a bad game. He had a good game. It's Tom Brady. He's going to show up for the Braves. Yeah, I think I'm more really like I felt like I, like the entire day I was literally just watching the, the like just the Tampa Bay offense versus Chiefs defense. Like I really felt like the time possession I, I can't I don't have stats back this up, but I felt the time possession split was unbelievably wide. So I don't feel like I, I, I mean they're on for such short stints. I mean never got anything going. I really felt like they were never on the field, and that must be super disheartening as you go along in the game. Like all right, like well. Our defense is just, sit, just sitting there, just getting worked the entire time. You can you only do so much for defense. You're on the field like three quarters of the game. I didn't like all like the calls in the secondary and whatnot on the defense. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Like it's hard to do this first for defense with today's rules. Um, but yeah, especially early on, it looked like the Chiefs offense had like. A, few very short drives mm-hmm. while Tampa was like still getting it going and at the end of the half giving up the huge flag to Mike Evans on like with the 40 or 50 yard play mm-hmm. kind of like almost just tripped over his own feet and a PI was called and that led to Tampa's 8 getting 7 going into the half 
Oh yeah, I mean that, that's a solid forty yards. I mean that's that's a that's a game changer when you're essentially given half the field. Yeah, with like a minute left, that was huge. And then of course, uh, after as soon as that happened, Kansas City comes out, scores three. Uh, Mahomes is still like running around, running around for his life. And then Tampa goes and scores seven with the Leonard Fournette run. I think it almost felt like a little bit. If it weren't the Chiefs, it would have felt like completely out of reach at that point, given the momentum of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's. Uh, I want to touch on the pass interference calls a little bit. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are actually known for being very. Uh, well, the answers would call sticky when it comes to staying with their receivers, but uh, how fans would also call very dirty. Um, so I think there probably was. You know how, like, you know, in the NBA, NFL, like, they kind of sent out memos to the officials about, like, certain things you should watch out for, like, what you can't let certain teams get away with that they try and get all get away with. And I'm sure, I can almost guarantee you that was in the memo. And so I think they were, you know, in the first half, when it's fresh in their minds and, you know, they seem to set the tone in a certain way, I'm sure that was a message they were trying to get across earlier on by making, by making those calls. Like, hey. We're not going to let you get away with these ticky-tack kind of hold and extra rough, like maybe a second before the pass kind of plays the Chiefs corners and uh, safeties are used to doing. So that could be one explanation for why some you know seemingly ticky-tack, fitty-fitty calls were always going against the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs, uh, I mean, this roughing crew had, I don't know if you saw, just... Um, they averaged the most amount of penalties throughout the NFL once. I mean, if you're rewarding officials to have the opportunity to officiate a Super Bowl, are those the guys you want to reward? Or are you going to want to reward the guys who actually get the game flowing? In a, I don't know. It, it felt very wonky and just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it, it definitely was not the same things happening were not being called both ways. But, you know, that was m- more so in the first half. And then after that, the kind of refs kind of just uh, swallowed the whistle a whole lot more. Yeah, if we're just talking about the entertainment part, which was not a very entertaining football game. Oh, for sure. Um, Tom, I mean, Brady did look sharp. I'll give him that. The MVP award, it's just so hard to give it to a whole defense. Like, Levante David had a great game. Mm-hmm. Chef Barrett's GPP. Yeah, it's just like you can't give it to all three of those guys, all four of those guys. So it's just, you know, the quarterback is going to get it if you're going to have like a bad, bad game. Even last year, I thought Damian Williams had a case. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, Gronk, and Gronk had a case this year, too. I mean, I was I was really impressed. Yeah, I mean, g- given he was pretty pretty open on the, on the second one, he was super open in the back of the end zone, which is where he loves to go. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, Gronk kind of deserved it. I mean, Brady, I don't, I don't know. It's just so, Quarterback's like the default option when it comes to MVP. MVP. Right. <laughs> it's like no one's going to get mad at us for getting to the quarterback, even if they have like 200 yards and two touchdowns. It's just the easiest one. But, um, yeah, like the Brady to Gronk thing, too, is like, um, it's crazy how many touchdowns we've seen. Between those guys and how much that's just, um, I mean, I, I feel like I grew up like uh, <laughs> so much about Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and this, like, see the Gronk to Brady connection in my lifetime. It kind of surpassed that as far as like success in the Super Like, they've combined like just as many Super Bowls as Joe Montana and Jerry Rice have mm-hmm. and have scored more touchdowns. That's insane. 
<laughs> are you purely in the playoffs or just over or just saying just overall? No way. Playoffs, that's what, that's, playoffs, that's playoffs, yeah. Well, that's I'm not sure if that's crazy far off, though, regular season-wise, their connection. And this year's an off year, but you know, last year, obviously, no, no, nothing at all. But I don't know. Broncos had some really strong years. Especially yeah. the tight ends. Way easier to rack up touchdowns. When Jerry Rice's career was made, it was Yeah. Um, it's probably, yeah, it's probably off there. With just Joe Montana, it's probably pretty bad for us. Yeah, exactly. You're not including the Steve Young years. Or or the one Seahawk year. People forget that, by the way. Yeah, there's a Hawk. <laughs> mm, aging stars. My favorites. Um, but yeah, it was... I actually did something very impressive, Steve. You'll, be, you'll love to hear this. And... Uh, <laughs> And it makes me really happy that we didn't do the pod the week of Super Bowl. Is that I literally lost every single bet I placed. No. Every single one. Yep. <laughs> and believe me, you, there were more than several. I fucked. I fucked up, and um, I actually was going to get the AB and um, well, actually no, AB didn't score touchdown, did he? No. Well, I had the I had the AD AB and a Gronk touchdown prop, and then as I was betting it, the odds changed, and then it just didn't go through, and then I kind of forgot about it, <laughs> given Super Bowl festivities and whatnot. So, the Gronk thing really could save me, and I had outside sources tell me blue was the move for Gatorade, and I pussied out and went with yellow. So that was a pretty safe pick. But do you, you go any props at all, or do you just go straight up betting on the game? I did do some props. I had Terry uh, kill over yards like the rest of America. <laughs> and Kelsey to like touchdown and over hundred yards parlay. Touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I just didn't see the Chiefs' offense just going through an absolute dud. Mm-hmm. Scoring out an absolute dud. Yeah. I think I have under Mahomes' yards though. Oh, nice. Just because of the Tampa Bay front seven. So. Yeah, it might be a little appropriate that our name is Box Seats because that was maybe the squarest uh, picks I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, it was. It was. I really didn't pay much attention to like the prop because I also like kind of want to enjoy the Super Bowl for the game itself. Right, and not think overanalyze it too hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or like it's um, a fine balance. Yeah, like I don't. I don't want to like be rooting for players and whatnot. I just kind of want to enjoy it from a football perspective, but. I also thought Chiefs' money line was like a really – I just did not see how the Chiefs are going to um, not be able to keep up with this offense. Because I thought Tampa Bay would – this would have to be a shootout. Um, and it wasn't. So, yeah, I, I know. I mean, I mean, the thing is – I mean, it has a good defense. You know, I mean, obviously the front is a strength, has been all year. <laughs> will be the same next year. Um, but still, I don't – you know, there's something to be said for a, a team putting it all together. You know, like everything goes your way, everything feels like it just clicks, and that's what that's what it was for the Tampa Bay defense. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean they've, we've, we've, we've been talented all year. We've all we've all known that, but they haven't put together to be like together. a defense that like is like wow, this is a juggernaut defense. Like no one's ever shut down uh, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill this way before. Especially doing it to all well, three, I, not even just shutting down good, like one. They did all three of them shut down essentially. They had a good defense. Uh, they came. They got hot at the right time. Hundred percent. None of us wanted to believe it though. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still think it was a good match. I mean, given the like the offensive line, they were missing so many starters. 
and the fact that they actually score. I don't know if it's like a good enough defense to like hold you on your own, but I think if you have a good offense, this defense is definitely like play aggressively enough. And I think I had this take literally at the beginning of the season. I said they were like a ten and six football team with a great front seven, and if you let them play with the lead, I think they'll have success. It's just, will this Tampa Bay offense be successful enough to, like, put the defense in, like, advantageous situations? And when they started doing that, you really saw this defense get after it. Very true, very true. Yeah, I mean, I just, the whole thing was on mind. I just, it doesn't make, like, none of it makes sense, like, the whole time. It's just like, all right, like, there's Chiefs hope, basically, up until, like, that la- the the first unsuccessful drive in the fourth quarter was probably when I'd kind of given up. Up until then, really, there's there plenty of hope to be had in, the, yeah, in, yeah, all, the, in all of the third score, quarter. All of it. They can score so quickly, right? I know, I mean, but it, it just never happens. Nine, but I can, they can score three touchdowns so quickly. And it's just like the desperation plays, the desperate. Every, nothing looked like it's one thing to like. If you're having a good play, a bad play, a good play, a bad play. But mm-hmm. it's just like, even the good plays, the plays were getting blown up. There mm-hmm. was never a good design plays. They never looked never. like they were running their game. Yeah, and I don't understand how, even on those screen routes, it always, 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 always felt like <laughs> they were playing press coverage, you know? Like, either Mahomes wasn't diagnosing it properly, or... It's just something that they were ready for. I don't, I don't know what it was because really, I mean, you read right after the game suddenly they got us. Like, <laughs> I mean, what else are you gonna say in that situation? Yeah, like, like, I don't know what they were expecting, but clearly they were not expecting them to play the way Tampa Bay had been playing them. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you today, and something that's been kind of postured in the media a little bit. That that's uh, is a little curious that. I mean, Mahomes' contract hits starts hitting next year, correct? His fifth-year option will hit next year, so it's going to be pricier. Yes, but not the not not not, not the fifty-year mark exactly. Yeah. What's that figure at? You think thirty? The fifth-year option. I mean, it's a ten-year one, so they can do a lot of tricky stuff. Like they probably have it backloaded and then they'll restructure it when it does get... So it, it might only be like 35 to 40 on the cap itself. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Right. Well, something we, we, we need to worry about that is, I mean, the Chiefs may not be nearly as dominant. Uh, start. I mean, pretty much starting next year. I mean, second, that the financial impact of Mahomes starts hitting whatsoever. I mean, there's a reason this team has been yeah, so unstoppable because they're a complete roster, you know... Chris Jones and D line, Matthew uh, playing safety, good depth overall in their defense makes them you know above average team. And then an O line, obviously, I'm sorry, on the offensive side, there's some I mean, those guys that need to get paid. So my question is, yeah. I mean, how I mean, how is this team going to look moving forward? Uh, I believe next year, shoo, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Currently, twenty million over the cap just for next year. So, got Frank Clark for another year. Matthew for another year. Tyreek still at a good value next year. So yeah, I mean things are Redskins. 
pretty weird pretty soon. I mean, I think next year they'll be relatively intact, but I think the year after is when you start, need to start actually worrying about this roster construction and how they're going to hold up. Well, if you if you paid a quarterback that much, I mean, at first, like, whatever you have to pay. Well, uh, well of course, of course. Contending. But, I mean, you're signing up to have four or five guys. Four or five guys on NFL teams usually are making a bulk of the salary. And mm-hmm. then if you have a good quarterback. And then they, from there, like, it's hard to say. We know the team's going to be different. You have the homes for 10 years. There's no way. I mean, what you've, you know you're going to have to re- keep building around him, get guy, keep, get value contracts, and also do a good job in later rounds of the draft. That's how you're planning on building the team around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard to say how successful I think the Chiefs are going to be because I don't know how well they're going to be able to hit on those, but having Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes means I think they're a perennial championship contender regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when teams show their, show their true colors, I think, really. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can, you know, acquire talent, build guys up in these early years when you have the, the uh, QB on rookie contracts, you know. It makes it, you know, it makes it seem pretty damn easy. <laughs> And a lot of teams, and a lot of teams have done it before. As long as you have, you know, a superstar guy, you know, a lot, you're, like your, your Russes, your Mahomes, your your Watsons of the world. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. I think the, I think the front office is really, is really going to get tested these ne- in these next couple of years. And we'll tell us a lot more about these Chiefs on a historic level, which we've kind of already anointed them and unfairly, I think, up, up until this point. I mean, obviously, you know, eye test wise and what they've done is super impressive. They're very successful franchise just in these past few years with Mahomes, but I don't think you can really. I don't, I, I didn't like that we ever got into the dynasty talk. The how many Super Bowls will he win? You know, like these are things we just they're not even worth discussing until he makes the big money, and then they're more established yeah. in what they what they can it's be. Really hard. Or even even when you just have to change the core, right? Like your quarterbacks going to out. You can talk about the Hawks and okay, well the defensive core is gone now. Right, exactly. You, 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 you basically you basically get to pick two of the yeah two of those three of those stars. And that's what and that's what you have. So once Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are gone, because you're not gonna have a, it's going to be very difficult because Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are already pretty much like in their prime two years ago. You're mm-hmm. not going to have a uh, dynasty with just them. Well, I guess unless you think the Chiefs are gonna win four Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you you have to know that when once this core goes away, how are you going to replace the core around him? Yeah, I mean it's hard to speculate on, but uh, all, all the real point of that whole question was that <laughs> it's it's a little unfair to be like, well, I mean. <laughs> We should already have Mahomes in the goat discussion, you know. Like, who knows how many championships they'll win, you know? Obviously, he's the talent. Obviously, obviously, he's talented. But, 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 you know, the whole New England thing is so like special in that you had like two really impressive football minds in Adams and Belichick that could fill out those those little holes in the team, and Belichick who can essentially get you know, a, you know, a group of the New England janitors to come out there and and put up and at least protect Tom Brady for a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, just the really small things like getting them to play together as a one collective unit. You know, the, where, where you're surpassing what the talents. Cuts. Mm-hmm, exactly, significant cuts, by the way, too. I mean, 
I'm not sure if he was ever making more than 30 million. It whatever I saw his cat figure, it always felt like in the 25 range, which is so much more manageable. Yeah. And you can get like, kind of these mid tier, these like mid contracts, like the Heat do in the, in the NBA now. It's like, all right, we can sign guys to 10, you know, 10 mil. You sign several guys to 10 mil a year, and then we rely on like one star, as, as you know, as opposed to some superstar rosters. Where, all right, we put three guys like 20 million, and then you know, have absolutely nothing in the bottom of the barrel. I think the goat from the home thing is absolutely ridiculous. Like, why is this conversation? It's just because people are speculating on what he's going to accomplish, and I think it's just so silly. Yeah, I mean, if you were in the camp like before, like last week, of like Mahomes could get to, like five Super Bowl or win five Super Bowls, I mean, relax. But he still can it's, do. He's. I mean, obviously yes. It's I mean, possible. Taylor Heineke could win seven Super Bowls for all for all we know. I'm not ruling it out yet. He's a much richer man than you and I today. Yes, sir. <laughs> he probably uh, made our career earnings in in, in one in one, uh, one day. Good for him. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's it's way less hateable as an end result uh, as just, as just a, you know an onlooker, a fan with no association to either team. Really, it's, I mean, it's like all right. At least it's not the Pats, but. When it comes to the Brady in the box, it's still annoying, but, you know, it's only like one or two more years, right? Sorry, I got distracted by the Nets being up 32. Jesus. Sorry, so what did you say? <laughs> I kind of I lost, lost my train, my train, my train of thoughts, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you said something about there another year or two. Well, no, I'm saying it overall is like your outlook, like going through the off season and just like your general mood. Like at least for me, I don't feel as. Set. I mean, if you're still in the Pats and this happened, I would feel miserable. It's just like, all right, another New England Super Bowl win. Here by this rest of the off season, you know. Tom on his own isn't nearly as like painful to lose to than it is the Pats. So I don't feel as sad. How, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, the off season? I agree. I agree. Like he was already. He was almost, you could almost root for him because if, if you wanted to vilify the Patriots organization and him getting away from that and proving, like, you know what, I can, I can do it without you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's much easier to digest with just him having won and having it done with this Although I am scared, though, because outside of Brady, they're a super young team. <laughs> you said, I can't really hear you. Where, where, where are you? You're in your room. <laughs> I'm in the hearts of listeners all across America. <laughs> <laughs> you send me some directions to get there. I don't know where that, I don't know where that is. I'm in, their, uh, I'm in their, I'm in their heads. About Tampa Bay. I'm not worried about Tampa Bay without a quarterback. If they don't have a quarterback like Brady, like I don't know, I don't think. Like, That's the problem. We still have one more, one more year of this shit. <laughs> After that, who knows? I mean, I, think, I don't really anything at this point. Um, it's just be painful. I man. also feel like uh, Brady's um, legacy is really. 
really benefiting from, and I mean, even I guess you could make the argument for any great quarterback right now, but really benefiting from the era that they're playing in because a quarterback just makes so much of a difference, mm-hmm. even more so than like a decade ago. So he was able to come in and improve this team so drastically, especially in the playoffs. Um, whereas 15 years ago, the not halved, but the difference a quarterback could make was definitely significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I completely agree. I think it's all year long, you know, with the whole, uh, you know, with the whole Breeze and Rivers thing, you know, and other old quarterbacks, you know, I, I was very quick to hate on them as, as as easily as I could. You know, doesn't matter. I'm all, I'm always looking for signs of regression, things to poke poke at, and different reasons why it won't be success, successful. But uh, I don't feel that way with Brady, you know, like he still makes all the throws he needs to make. He can still throw it deep enough. So he's not, you yeah, know, he absolutely his, launching his, it, but he's not doing that, but you know, he was never like that. So it doesn't, it's hard to even tell. He can still bigger than deep. Like he can still throw 25 yards with like great timing and bulleted if need be. I know. Oh God. So it's just, Yeah. Yeah, it's making me more sad to even think about. So I'm actually gonna cut this off here because I don't want to suck Tom's dick anymore. Uh, he's probably busy. He doesn't even care what we, we think. He's busy partying in Tampa right now. So whatever. Yeah, the Tampa Bay parade is great news for uh, COVID. Yeah, the virus. <laughs> Low key though, I, I was pretty impressed with that how, how they set it up. I think the on the water thing was fun. The boats. Yeah, but uh, the biggest loser of. Of the Tampa Bay Parade was Tom Brady's boats. Mm-hmm. That boat cost $2 million. doesn't look that impressive. It's like maybe like a 20, yeah. 20 maybe 30 foot long boat. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I know boats are pretty expensive these days, but <laughs> $2 million for that thing? I mean, I just need like a second story. I need like a helicopter pad or something. Boat sales in Boston are about to skyrocket because of horny boys who want to be Tom Brady. <laughs> That's like 90% of the uh, male population under 45. Um, I also think it's really embarrassing for Tom Brady that he got overshadowed by Peyton Manning's inauguration to the Hall of Fame this, the same weekend. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Peyton versus Tom. Revelry continues. Peyton's a little his little video getting told about was pretty was pretty cute though. Yeah, yeah. he's cute. He's, he's, he's just a wholesome guy, man. Fucking, I love that guy. You know, um, I'm sure you'd love him too if if there weren't like you know ball you know a pair of his, a pair of his own balls on your forehead or something. Yeah. Outside yeah, of that, I, I understand. But the Tom TV twelve method also. Did you see how fucked up he was at the parade today? That video is a little out of context. I don't know how to feel about that one. That's like a that's like an internet mystery almost. People just want to used to like go into some some tape and like really decipher frame by frame. I couldn't tell if he was. I felt like the the. I didn't feel like he was that drunk. I felt like he was just kind of like getting off the boat as you're like first walking on land. <laughs> a little a little faded, but but like I thought the the tweet he made with the avocado tequila was kind of a joke. Like kind of playing off playing on that and like not actually being super fucked up. No, yeah. I'm not sure if we're able to get to see he, Tom his, actually drunk, unfortunately. His social media account is next level. Dude, his Twitter is good. Really, really good. Yeah, no, he I'm I'm I am certain that he has a just 
huge group of people that moved to Canada just to work. <laughs> There's no way he's that funny. Every time, too, like, yeah, I I get props social media managers of like people who uh, don't tweet that often. Like, typically, you uh-huh. know, like I think what's another good example of this? Like, I feel like OJ probably has a social media manager who like pokes fun at the whole thing. Literally every single chance they get, because the things he says, like there's no way someone un- unironically is like saying those, unfiltered, <laughs> through their, through their own like thumbs. I don't believe it. How uh, how closely are you following OJ's Twitter account? It just pops up, man. <laughs> you have tweets like there's no, like, it's always something. It's like you can't just ignore it. I follow Twitter for like the first. You 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 literally shut up. Stop it, dude. Shut up. I wonder what I wake up every single day. (laughs) Should we get him on the pod? He's not busy. not really busy right now. I'm sure you could call in mobile. (laughs) I'm sure you call in no problem. (laughs) Why mobile? Let's meet him in person. (laughs) Is he have a girlfriend nowadays? I'd love to meet her. She's not. I want to ca- catch OJ in the act. That's actually my next like uh, big goal, big like side goal. <laughs> I want I want OJ get a girlfriend who's probably like you know our age, which is probably the most likely scenario. Um, slide her DMs, and then become involved with her just for the sake of um, just for the sake of being caught in the act with OJ. Just to get him really pissed off and be like, aha, gotcha, bitch. You want OJ Simpson to kill you? I want him to. Oh no, 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 no! I want him to try and kill me. <laughs> then I'll just, then I'll just have the, the, I'll have some sort of law enforcement agency just like kind of stalking outside my house, ready, ready for, ready for, ready for it to happen. You're trying to entrap OJ Simpson. Yeah, I'm, I think I can do it. Especially when he has like a little more dimension nowadays, doesn't look as sharp. I'm sure he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He's like, fuck it. I've nothing. I've nothing. I've nothing, I've nothing to lose here. Freedom's overrated. He's got a little bit of dementia going, I'm sure. He doesn't look—he doesn't look all quite there. All I'm saying, maybe a little bit early onsets, but it's—it's it's not looking good for him out there. In, in in a number of ways. Um, here's my question: Why do the Dallas Mavericks hate America? Ooh, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good one. Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous that like, I want to know what reporter actually reported this. And made into a story because this is like the biggest like non-story in the history of the world. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit less about, and it's just like, all right, how do I get clicks? How about I get like the the right really mad at me, <laughs> or really mad at the Mavericks <laughs> for the smallest thing in the world? That's not very patriotic of you. I think it's only Mark. a small deal if you don't love America, Chase. I think it's huge, and I am pissed off. <laughs> Personally. Why, 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 yeah, tell, me, tell, me, tell me how mad you are, Sid. Also, On a scale of like one to like triggered, where, how, how mad are you? Triggered as fuck. I don't understand Ooh. why they can't get fighter jets inside the arena and have them still fly over. I st- you shouldn't be at any sporting event mm-hmm. in America without a flyover mm-hmm. hat. That, now that we can talk about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those things, those are like... Uh, I forget what those fighter jets are called. What like the kind of triangular ones? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like the stealth ones. Yeah, yeah. I've heard those cost like I don't. I think I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating here, but I think they may cost like a hundred million to make. 
growing in the market? Maybe I am. If I was, if I was an NBA uh, arena owner, I would definitely have a, a, a glass dome just for that purpose alone. I don't care what type of terrorist attacks are happening, but what is worth $100 million? <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Well, a fifth of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like Patrick Mahomes is like hair, uh, his if his I, left arm, and if, that turf toe he had. That, that right there is worth $100 million. Realistically, how many... How many acts of terror or violent sieges are we present, like preventing with that claim that's $100 million. I think I'd just rather have a fifth of Patrick Mahomes. Just give every team in the NFL a fifth of Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. And then you, have, but, but then you only get two, two flyover jets. I don't know. It's a pretty tough, it's a pretty tough call, honestly. I'll have to think about it. Also, can we talk about how... how uh, just as, a, just as a, a little aside, me and Sid are both watching the uh, Hawks-Mavs game on, on ESPN right now, and uh, John Collins is kind of a beast. I really, yeah, I, I really, I really that. didn't, I really. Tough. Yeah, I fucking love. I always love John Collins, man. He just, he just plays so hard. <laughs> He's one of the, like the best athletes in the entire NBA. And I don't. The whole Gallo thing was really weird. I don't know. The Capella signing makes the, the Capella trade actually I liked a lot because it actually kind of. Fits well with the spacing because Collins actually can shoot it. And you want him come roaming around, doing backward t- backdoor cuts, and getting to the rim like more creatively. Um, but yeah, the Gallo thing is weird. Let's get him and him. And, the Gallo and Collins thing could never work out. Now they're big enough to even try and guard center. <laughs> it, just yeah, takes, it, it takes more touches away from him. I think mean, Collins is so good. They should be investing more time yeah, and, and effort into him. Like he's so good. He could. He's definitely their second best player. Isn't it, isn't it isn't it treated like it? Trey Young is also so much better than I thought he'd ever be. Yeah, that that last half stretch, that, that second half of his season at Oklahoma was so disappointing. <laughs> I think that's like the only reason anyone doesn't doesn't like <laughs> Trey Young it was really just that one stretch where he went so ice cold. Everyone's like, "Well, I don't know, <laughs> was he just hot at the start of the year or what?" Yeah, his game is insane, but this Mavs team is also just softish, like. Say it, say it, do it. Why? Because they have a lot of Europeans. Are you fitting into? A, are you trying to fit them into a stereotype, Sid? I mean, they just—they're just not very good. There's no one that just like does the dirty work or plays like great like perimeter defense consistently. Whoa, 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 whoa! Josh Richardson plays damn good perimeter defense. Okay. Problem is, he's just not quick enough to, to guard point guards. So they don't really have anyone that can guard like the elite point guards of the league. Luka's like an okay defender. He's pretty solid. He's okay. He knows where to, he knows where to be. He's like a solid, like, or uh, opportunistic. Yeah, that's a good word for like it. Like, rebound, rebounder. I do have Jill. Uh, oh, Jill Brunson, butter, buzzer beater? Yes, I like that. My thing's buffering every, like, two seconds. It's really a miracle that our, uh, our feed hasn't fucked up yet, honestly. How much better is this Atlanta team with Luka Doncic? Ooh, great question. Honestly, um, their GM, his name escapes me right now, but he came from the Warriors organization. Has he, he has a really good eye for talents, and he's actually put put together a really strong roster. Um, all things considered, like how quickly they're trying to rebuild. 
Because really, they, I mean, even like, I mean, even Reddish and Hunter didn't necessarily. Hunter actually is playing really well this year. Reddish still coming along, but I still think he's he could be crazy good. Um, I think Luca. I think I think their, their GM would have loved to have Luca. I don't, and it doesn't make sense because he's the kind of guy who should appreciate Luca more. And yeah, he's the kind of guy. He's the exact guy he traded for Trey. Yeah, like that. Like that. That was his first move. And at the time, I mean, they still end up getting Hunter out of the deal. So essentially, you're getting, I mean, because Hunter ended up being that pick, I believe. So it really was a Trey and DeAndre Hunter for Luka. I mean, I guess you can't hate on it too much if he's, if if Trey scored like 35. <laughs> I mean, damn near, like, he scored like 30 last year. Um, so you can't hate on him too much because it kind of has worked out, but we'll see. I still, I just wish Luka had a little more help. KP is not the answer for his number for his number two. I was so high in this team before the year started because I just thought the Jay Rich signing would just change everything. <laughs> but KP hasn't he's been playing playing all year though. KP has been playing like half the year so far. So you gotta give him give him a couple more a couple like twenty more games before we talk about him too much. I just feel like because of Chris Stapps health and just the competitiveness of the West, I thought they'd take a small step back potentially just in the rankings in the West, but. Man, they're just not very good right now. And I think they can still like sneak into the playoffs. I mean, it's so I, don't, I mean, I don't think they need to sneak in. I mean, the problem is that it's so competitive. I mean, there's only like there's only one bad there's only one team with a, a truly bad record in the West, and that's the Timberwolves. You haven't had cat yeah. for like the entire year. I don't know. I honestly like. Uh, it's gonna be hard to make a run in the West. Like if you fall games behind, I I, I would be very surprised if the Mavs like came roaring back and got like a top five seed. I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility, but I think with the because the Nuggets have fallen out uh, a little bit. I mean, they're you know above average team slightly right now. Defense is garbage. I think the Nuggets are kind. Of, they just look zoned out. I feel like they're paying the price of like just going too deep in the playoffs last year. Being <laughs> tired, which is ironic. And I think yeah, Miami's also having that same hangover just from several guys being kind of hurt. I think they're dealing with COVID a little bit too. Um, it's a, that off season. I mean, it's a short off season. It is, man. I know. That's why the Lakers thing is just so crazy to me. Like. And they literally had no time off, and LeBron still like found a way to add something to this game. You know how he does that every single year. This is the one year I was like, all right, you know, this year I'm okay with LeBron being exactly who he was last year, and then this year he's shooting like 42 percent from three. Like, what the fuck, yeah, man? It's, it's wild. This is unreal. Wild. So much of the game for him is just like mental, making mental adjustments. Mm-hmm. He he, every, he can do whatever he wants. He just has to mentally like adjust his game a little bit to doing what he wants. Right. Which I feel like, I mean, I mean that's, I mean. That's not even a fair thing to evaluate. Well, no, no, no. It's the exact same thing that um, – who was it? I think it was which, – which which Bulls point guard said this? Was it Armstrong? I was – I'm terrible at knowing the um, the, other, the point guards from that Bulls dynasty. But uh, that's – Yeah, it was BJ Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember he said during the last dance doc – this one sticks with me. It's like one of the like, – the most important things that no one looks at in sports, and you know, kind of explains the Tom Brady thing. Also, Trey pulling up from forty feet, no big deal. Um, it's just knowing how to win. I like, know how to outsmart your opponents. Like, actually, it's something that gets lost in just watching the game. 
you don't feel the true competitiveness and like emotion on the floor. Like if we had no announcers and we just like listened to pure audio from the courts, you'd be able to feel that a little bit more. But like guys are able to stay in the zone and in control, especially when you're like the top guy. And never like someone get an edge on you. Like that is a skill in and of itself. And like and it's, it's only what happens when you're at the top too. Only what happens when you're at the top. It's definitely a, yeah, it's having, a small mental thing. It's crazy. Having people like Tom Brady and like LeBron I mean, just elevates the confidence of your team so drastically too. Like exactly. Yeah, that's that's just like that's priceless. Yeah, there really isn't a value you can put on it. And it's pretty amazing to watch. I mean, it's not stress. I mean, it's very easy to get mad at just like, you know, a pure, if you're just like watching purely, um, you know, like shot selection and, you know, things that you typically like worry about for other players, you can't, you can't, you can't view it in the same light for certain guys, you know, because there's always like a, a reason, there's always a good reason behind it. And what kind of tone you're trying to set, um, like what you're trying to let the other team believe about you guys. I mean, it, it, it's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, going, kind of going off that, do you think LeBron will be deserving of being given the MVP this year? Up, this up, up, point, up to this point? this point in the season? Yes. Because there's, he's had more competition this year, I think, than other years. And yet still, people, I mean, I think most because of the title last year. But most of people are, are moving towards LeBron for MVP. I almost think you're, I, which I'm not, I'm not sure if I agree with, by the way. I'm just saying, it's, I, like I find it crazy. Careers like this, I feel like if this can happen, where it's like, oh, sorry, we didn't give you the MVP the last few years. You were clearly the best player. Media <laughs> um, is so far behind are. everything that happens in the actual league. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, here's another MVP. When someone hasn't just like run away with it, like when someone hasn't run away with it, and you have LeBron at this stage in his career, he's still dominating. It's like, okay. I, I just feel like the MVP vote has like so much to do with the narrative surrounding. It's MVP. it's so annoying, dude. I mean, if we if we just look at these things objectively, yeah. <laughs> if everyone were to watch, if, if if you put all the MVP voters in like a room and had them watch the exact same film mm-hmm. and just talk it out, I feel like this would actually be resolved into a, a true like vote every single year. No, it's all, but if ever, if ever, all these people with individual power. Let them get all big in their britches and think how important they are and. What, and what kind of and like think about all the things are, what they're trying to say about with their votes? You know, it's these people show up their own ass. It's unbelievable. Even if, even like thinking about uh, the one I monitored, like the closest, it's just the Derek Roasting in twenty eleven was so much about like hometown hero carrying his team, and as soon as that narrative was like put out there, and Derek Rose kept playing at the level. It was just, you had to give him the MVP. Was he, like, better than LeBron? And this was post-LeBron moving teams. And everyone's pissed off, too. Everyone's pissed off, and everyone's saying, you can't give it to this guy. He has two of the ten best players in the NBA. And then we gave it to him right the year after. What changed? Nothing. Like, he just, he probably took a, he got a little bit better. I think the second year was, like, the year his PR was, like, record-shattering. Right. But, hi, hi, uh, yeah. We, Low 30s. The year before, we were saying you can't give this guy the MVP because he's playing with two of the best players in the NBA. And, um, that went out the window. Yeah, and he got a better roster the year after, too. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all it's all narrative. Like, if you're going to, like, I think objectively, 
it's hard to have a conversation about MVP without considering this because it's like you're kind of a victim of the. Moment. Yeah. Should I mean should we factor that into like how we view Pillar's legacies? Like, should we even give a shit about MVPs? To be honest, like. <laughs> I think what's actually more important is the, is the, is the all NBA team because by then usually these yeah, guys have, these guys have figured themselves figured it out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how much you should. I, I I do think there's a valid argument for like not considering not giving MVPs as much weight as we do. Yeah, it's. I think we all kind of understand it to an extent, and it's like fun to have new MVPs. I think some, I think a lot of fans feel the same way. As many as writers do, for sure. You know, otherwise, we, otherwise, we'd be writing about it if people didn't feel this way or wanted to, or wanted to read it. But still, it's, like we, as, as a whole, we need to be more real with ourselves. Like LeBron's been the best player in the NBA pretty much since like three years. He got like three years after he got into the league. Yeah. And if he wants, you can be just get an MVP every single year. I don't. I I, I hate. I hate everyone trying to force. Someone else into being like better than LeBron when it hasn't happened yet. I'll let you know when it happens. I'll be very open about it, but I haven't felt I haven't felt like that's ever ever happened since that time. Since pretty much since yeah, much about like twenty two thousand four. That I think you could also have a lot of conversation about like, what are you rewarding with them? Like, are you giving it to the best player in the league, um, player that's contributing the most to their team's success? Right. I don't know. I, I think it can be different. There are times, like historically, there was plenty of years where it's like, okay, objectively, that player had the best. Mm-hmm. Were they the best player in the contest? Maybe not, but they had like Steph's fucking. The uh, the the unanimous MVP thing for Steph. I mean, there was no question about yeah, that one. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give him that. And, and even like looking back in retrospect, right? Like, what a monumentous like moment for the NBA for that team to come out. Mm-hmm. Have that season has changed the trajectory of the league. Um, like we could have never predicted, so it's like mm-hmm. he should have had that. Yeah, I think a little bit of it mixes in with like the overall popularity of the league too. Like, I think there's more incentive to spread those MVPs around, just because. I mean, you want to attract new viewers. Like, you want to feed into the hot topic of of the day because ultimately that just you know losing more dollar signs on the business on the business side of of, of the league too, and eventually flows and flowing into the cap and money into the owners and players' pockets. So I get it. I think everyone's overall kind of down for it, but that's just how the system works. You know, there's no getting out of it. Like this year, we could easily see. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, I really, in my opinion, there's only one guy who could beat out LeBron for the MVP. Maybe two. Uh, it's pretty much just KD and Embiid at this point. Like, and whether or not that's even fair. I mean, I think KD thing is fair because he probably is most valuable to his team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very messy business trying to pick MVPs. <laughs> the larger point here, yeah. I think. I also don't know how much LeBron, like, if you're not even on the court stuff, like, if you consider LeBron's off-the-court leadership and what he means for the Lakers franchise. In the community. Um, <laughs> Have you heard about his school, Sid? Yeah, the Promise School? Do, Have you heard about it? Has LeBron posted about it at all? Can you stop recording? I hate the kids. <laughs> Verbal meme. Fuck them kids. You right now. Wow, Sid. You don't, you don't care about uh, underprivileged children getting, going to college and getting an education? It's pretty fucked up, honestly, dude. No, honestly, a little bit actually, Ohio, I 
though. That's fair. That's kind of God's punishment already, though. Yeah. You can only hurt someone so much. Are we going to talk about the Knicks becoming championship favorites with D Rose? <laughs> Dude, the Knicks are actually. <laughs> this is turning in. This is honestly turning into like the. Uh, you should replace Julius Randle with. <laughs> or D Rose with Julius Randle. This is turning into the 2011 Bulls <laughs> kind of fast. <laughs> Like this team, uh, I actually, I actually like their pieces for the most part. Like they've actually they, yeah. gotten talents. <laughs> this is what we're saying. Like I, I think I shared this about Thibodeau a while ago. Like I don't want Thibodeau if I'm a great team with stars already trying to get over the hump. No. But if I'm a bad team trying to be good or really good, or at least have some success later on, you know, like learn how to win and play hard. That's perfect. You know, fucking play hard, grind, like. Thibodeau is doing exactly what the Thibodeau believers, I think, would expect him to do. Like, this team is grinding. I think D. Rose coming in with the better leadership um, mentality will be huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like the. I think the next. I mean, of course, there's a lot of if, like, what ifs. Like, we'll see. Um, they'll need to do a lot of things to get to a point. But this, I mean, this team is set up to be competitive in the upcoming years. They're building a base for the first time in like a decade. Yeah. The thing is, they already have enough guys. Like, I think they've, for the most part, kind of hit on their draft picks. I mean, Obi, there wasn't much to question. I mean, the only question was what his ceiling could be, which I, which we're still not sure about yet. Um, but you knew what he was going to do right away, which is be... A good rebounder, super athletic, uh, can, can still can still shoot, has a little bit of handles, kind of like a, a, a really good modern day four, pretty similar to John Collins, honestly. Um, and, and RJ has been impro- improving this year. I've always been suspect of RJ because of his shot selection and how like how like he doesn't process the game mentally because he gets so in his own head. But uh, overall, I've been I've been they've been like a fairly fun team to watch this year. And quickly, it's actually hu- it's huge. I, I don't know why people. Please, please tell me why teams like let these Kentucky guys fall into like the late first or second rounds when they always when they almost always hit. Like even the guys who aren't that great from like good Kentucky teams that were still high in prospects, like they still end up being like role players in the NBA. Like Willie Cauley Stein, and he got drafted, he's one of the guys that got drafted high. All these other guys, all these, all these other guys that yeah, all these other guys that they let fall always end up hitting like Tyrese Maxey quickly. I'm sure a, a number of Kentucky guards who got Kentucky guys who got overlooked because they're on such like talented teams. I don't understand how they keep falling. John Collins, it's still succeeding in the NBA. The greatest coach of our generation. And you can make a good living as a college coach just developing guys and like never actually winning anything. Coach Coach has been doing it for a long time. Never actually win anything. Well, I mean, you know, a couple titles here and there, but you know, it's like. As far as the, the hype is not, the hype is way over overdoing the, uh, way surpassing the actual success they achieved. Like, he hasn't been, hasn't been that great. Probably the last like two years, three years maybe. Yeah, they've definitely been disappointing. Yeah, I can say that because uh, the line I am not number six in the nation. I might add. Also, by the way. Uh, quick side note: Atlanta have an amazing schedule left over. It's amazing that they're, they're, they're sixth ranked in the country when they only have like one or two more ranked opponents left to play for, before they make the tournaments. I think we're possibly looking at one. We're possibly looking at one seed territory here, Sid. More likely two, but it's possible one. 
bet, but MG, like MGM, I think said they were the biggest liability for March Madness because they started at eighty to one odds for other players, which is surprising that they're eighty to one odds. It makes no sense. They were they were ranked. They were, we were top ten when these when the year started. I think maybe this was a year ago. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. I'm sure it actually was. Oh, stop it. Also, also uh, quick side note, off that side note, uh, shout out PFT for, actually no, shout out Ravel for take, taking the fight against PFT. I'm really excited for this, actually. They're not going to fight. They Oh, they will. Oh, they will. Ravel, Ravel's engagement is at all-time low. This is what he needs, man. This man's career's been in, to- in the toilet for the last five, ten years. I'm slowly Ravel's falling off. Guy. Do we think Ravel's a good guy? Because I have moments where I'm like, Ravel's... Seems like a good guy, but then he says the douchiest, lamest he, things. He's like, he's like that nerd in high school who you picked you like, you couldn't help but pick on. Not that not, not, not that I condone bullying, but there's certain, there's some people out there that need bullying for their own good, and Ravel is like the prime example of that. And he just like channeled all that energy into being like the most like halfway successful. Not, but like not that impressive of a career, like ever. Like no, like no one, like no one, no one self, no, no one self promotes more than Rebel while being so simultaneously so so bad at it. He's so lame. He probably goes to his high school reunion and like rents a car just so someone, just so everyone thinks, thinks that he's like driving a Beamer. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's got big insecure energy for sure. It's um, it's so hard to to, and he's I understand he's on the defensive all the time on the internet. So everyone's always coming after him because he's an easy joke and he's so hateable. But still, man, roll the punches. Actually, be a little like uh, be a little more humble. Just t- just take the take the licks, play the joke a little bit. So you'd be a lot more likable that way. Yeah, 100%. instead of just like actually fighting back all the time, trying to be so serious. He's he thinks he's so hard. He's going so hard all the time. I know. Today he said my Twitter is worth more than two million dollars, and you know that. Shut up. Oh my god! I would pay Rebel. I'll, here, here's a here's an official offer. I'll pay you ten grand for your Twitter tomorrow. All you're getting final offer. And I don't think there's gonna be a lot of counter offers that are higher than that. Just never tweet again. Actually, yeah, I'll do. Actually, I'll do that. I will pay you ten thousand dollars. Never send another tweet again. You went Cybertust or Reddit or whatever the fuck you want to do. Oh, Trace, we didn't even talk about your professional review of the Super Bowl halftime show. Ooh, oh yeah, this is actually, it's actually a great, great conversation because I've found that everyone's pretty split on this, and I honestly can't believe it because I love, I show? yeah, I love the halftime show. Oh, so great! I thought it was cool considering the circumstances. I also never know what people want. I, I mean, I think last year was like overwhelmingly good. Like that was obvious. Mm-hmm. But usually I'm like, uh, I don't know. We've had we've had three in a row. They're pretty damn good. Like the Travis one was was probably the best one I've ever seen. The Jill Shakira one was pretty solid. I liked it. But I like the weekend one. I like the weekend one a lot more. I just thought it was like a way more creative like art direction than like many of them have even tried to do. Like I appreciate I appreciate the creativity and actually kind of going after it and and him taking some pride and making it like a real spectacle. All right. Well, who do you want to see next year? Let's talk about it. Ooh, let's do it. Um, I would like. Ooh, how about this? I would like a like um, an ensemble of like ninety of like West Coast nineties rappers. Oh no! Way. Give me like Ice Cube. 
uh, Snoop Dogg, and because then you're, you're hitting both groups though. Because like I feel like nowadays you can still, I mean, a lot of people our age can still appreciate '90s rap, and you still you're still hitting the inter- older generation too, which is crazy to say that <laughs> those people are old. But uh, yeah, that could be fun. I want, I want Ice T, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, and Dr. Dre, and you're set. That that goes that goes buku. Just play all, play all the old hits. Everybody hit that nostalgia bone, real nice. You what, can what about you? Cussing. <laughs> I think I think it's a, I think an overly aggressive like censor would be would be fun. Like you let them let them swear, but you just go crazy on the censor, <laughs> and it also, it also be comical at a certain point too. Yeah. By doing that. Um. Okay, I respect that. Also, how often are you saying buku? More than you'd expect. I, I would expect none. <laughs> it's a fun word. Buku? Why are you not using this in your regular everyday language? I guess I should be. What about you? Who would you want in the FM show? Um, I'd appreciate some Lil Wayne. He's only allowed to do Carter 3 stuff. I'll allow it. Six foot, seven foot for half an hour. Or um, Nirvana with the hologram of Kurt Cobain. Ooh, yeah. Why haven't we done that yet? There hasn't been a single hologram uh, Super Bowl halftime show yet. I'm pretty disappointed about it. Or you have Jay-Z and, like, the whole Linkin Park band. You just put... Oh, that'd be so... Numb and encore. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you basically, you basically have play that entire album where Jay Z just like rapped over their songs. That'd be sick. Damn, that'd be huge. Um, I mean, why, why are we not? Why are we not being hired for this? By the way, I mean, we are some damn good have, ideas. The Deshaun Watson led Bears are gonna are gonna have me distracted. Ooh, actually, we should, should we should we should, we should just have to touch on that a little bit. Um. So what, what, what is there to touch on? Well, I mean, I, I want. I mean, the whole Wentz. Actually, by the way, I'm pretty disappointed that the whole Wentz saga isn't resolved by now. So we had news like yeah. like late last week or in the on the weekend about Wentz going to the Bears and your Colts, and it would be resolved in a couple of days. We just don't have that news yet. First of all, question: who, do you think, do, Would you like Carson Wentz in the Bears? I already know you don't. But I want to. But I want to hear why. <laughs> and and who and who will he go to afterwards? If not the Bears. People burned on Soldier Field. Find them a Cassidy and like throw them in the lake if Carson Wentz comes to the Bears. Would you trade anything for him? I would trade a third round draft pick. Nothing else? Third round draft pick and maybe a running back. Or like agree to a sign and trade for Allen Robinson since you can't uh, sign him anyway, most likely without some serious cap work. The man hasn't been good in four years. He was a worse quarterback this year than Mitchell Trubisky. Also, um, Wentz has been Wentz was good two, two years ago. No, he he was serviceable two years ago. Even, but four thousand yards, but had no receiver. Also, Mark Cuban is winning. Also, side note: Mark Cuban is looking so intimidating, sitting on like under the basket at this Mavs game. <laughs> Just glaring down Luca. This is pretty fun to watch. Go ahead, though. Um, I don't think he. You've won games. I don't think you've won football games as a result of Carson Wentz. 
since 2017 ish. 2019, he had a good year. I think he like yeah, I think he threw for 4,000 yards that year with no receivers. Yeah. Uh, I mean Alshon Je- hobbled Alshon Jeffrey top ten. And there, I mean, you think have a right to be mad about all the injuries they've dealt with the last two years. But the, I mean, you wonder the the huge regression is like deeply concerning. I think I think I, I think it's really problematic to get in when you're go when you drafted a quarterback, uh, top three got it wrong. I think it's really problematic to go into a I, oh we can fix him type situation. Well, you drafted a top two quarterback and you couldn't make him good. Obviously, he had all the physical assets you thought you wanted, and you couldn't get results out of it. So why why do you think you can fix people? I, I think it's it's so situational though. At the same time though, no, it's definitely situational. Oh my god, Tony Snell is on my TV. Oh god, you miss okay. you miss you miss him, don't you? <laughs> I do not. Was they called on the floor? Unbelievable. Because... Um, I mean, I think the Colts thing makes sense too, but I also feel like the Eagles are waiting out for someone to like. Get a little bit desperate, drive up the price. Realistically, what do I think? I I, I would be very, sh- I would be amazed if they got two first round picks for Carson Wentz. That'd be insane. Anyone paying that? Anyone paying that deserves to have their franchise fail. So, which no, will I, happen? I don't. I don't. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is done. I still think he can be a really good quarterback in the NFL. But this Bears team, this coaching staff, and this organization has shown. No sign that they can get the most out of really a player, but a quarterback. <laughs> so I don't think uh, I don't think they're the ones that should be giving out draft capital, thinking they can fix a guy. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. I think in general Carson is not beyond repair, but I do agree that the Bears would not succeed with him. You already tried this, right? You brought in everyone from the Andy Reid, um, Doug Peterson connection type. Like, it's just with the Nick Foles signing. Like, you're. I mean, how much further are you going to lean into this? Like, I, I um, this. I think this is going to be a bad. I'm like setting up. Like, we'll see how the season goes, but I'm setting up for the Bears to do some dumb shit. Burn. Crash next year and then clean house. Yeah, the typical Bears band aid strategy is uh, patented and always fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I understand you have Khalil, especially Dan, with the QBs. You have a defense that's technically like you have a defense you believe is in their prime. It doesn't make sense to blow it up, especially if you're uh, if you don't if you're Ryan Pace and you don't have any like long term security. Like, what are you gonna do? You have to like still try to win now. I, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to I would almost prefer to like use the little capital you have elsewhere. Right. So where do you think he ends up going, though? Like, I could say the Vikings as an option. Carson Wentz? I think it, I think it will catch us off guard. I, I honestly don't think it'll be... Well, maybe... I don't want to say it won't be Chicago, because that's how it ends up in Chicago. Yeah, as soon as you say that, that's when he goes to Chicago. Like, actually, so you, you, wait, would you mind saying it? Since you're on Twitter? Because I feel like the second you say it, it's... Schefter's going to break the news, so just say it real quick. Just say it. Should I just tweet at Schefter? He's the only Bears fan that's, like, encouraging it, so he's just going to like, what? 
Oh, man. I don't know, man. I am going to be so sad. I'm going to be, like, a small part of me is going to be excited. Like, the change, like, I'm, a, I'm an idiot, so I'll just be excited for the change. Um, real question is, where is Russell Wilson going to force his trade? Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That's my answer to the questions. I'm not taking any more uh, questions today. Thank you very much. I'll trade Bobby Massey and a third round pick for Russell Wilson. That's how I feel right now, Sid. That that little groan sigh, the exasperated just exhale. That's how I feel. Also, this news is ridiculous. <laughs> In context, none of this should actually be news, and it's something that every Hawks fan feels. <laughs> yes, yes, Russell has a terrible O line, and anyone cherry picking stats to say otherwise is a fucking idiot. <laughs> So you know that's not had a good O-line in six years, and I hate when everyone tries to put the blame on Russ. Russ deserved maybe, I'll give him 30% ownership of the sacks he takes. Because Russ does hold hold on the ball second longest in the entire NFL over the course of his career, pretty much beside, uh, you know, next, uh, like right right behind Deshaun Watson. And so so there's a lot of sacks he deserves to take. But the fact that he's taken more sacks than anyone has in a ninth or ten season span or nine season span uh, is is patently ridiculous and really should and really is the is to blame for the Browns' um, decision making and prioritizing certain uh, positions over O line. It's outrageous. I, think, I will give him, I give him credit. They got Damian the Lewis. Power, right? Yeah. I mean, thing is, it's it's not like that though. I don't think Russ is trying to force anything at this point. You know. The Hawks, he's not getting traded. The dead cap hit would absolutely crater us. It wouldn't make any, it wouldn't, wouldn't make any, no, you would no. You would rather blow up the Seattle. If you're the Seahawks, just get rid of, move to another league. Stop existing before you trade Russell Wilson. That'd yeah, exactly. Tell us that. We, yeah, we, we should be relegated to the CFL if we, if we trade Russ. We don't deserve it. I'll take, I'll take that one ring. It'll be the same as Sonics. Moving to OKC or some shit. I don't care at that point. But yeah, I mean, I think it'll be it'll be fine. I think this is not the time for these stories to be coming out, considering they just got the like pretty much the best case for an OC that they could have had. Like basically, like, share picking from the Rams and getting a guy who surpassing game coordinator is a fucking steal, and I, I absolutely love the hire. Uh, I think I, I'm really I'm looking forward to uh, changing my mind on that. Like seven weeks into the season, though, I'm being really mad at this guy, but uh, so far so good. I like the hire. I think everything's gonna be okay. As long as the oh, I think Russ is just this is like what uh, Rogers did, you know, post Jordan Love uh, draft is like well, R- what Rogers should have done was say it before the draft so that his so that everyone's aware of his what he wanted and how badly he wanted it and getting a receiver. Russ is doing the same thing but better timing in trying to get a better O line. He's saying it right before he's saying it before the draft, <laughs> you know, putting a little pressure on them, especially at Super Bowl. Uh, so I think the timing makes sense for us to say these things, but I don't think it's a big deal. I, I don't, I don't worry, I don't worry about it at all. But I do think he's saying things that everyone feels, but no one has the balls to say because everything he said was one hundred percent correct. I don't disagree with him. I mean, I think as the superstar of a team and as a player of his caliber, when your legacy is tied. Also, Trey Young clutch as fuck. Yeah, I think you're gonna Mint see left, more and Dallas more of up this. One. 
Uh, you're going to see more of more of this even in the NFL. Um, what Deshaun Watson's doing? What I mean, Aaron Rodgers did a little bit. Russell Wilson here, like just players speaking up. I think players will feel more and more empowered. It's just hard the NFL. I mean, you'll see a delay in the NFL. Um, Sorry, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear like the the first five seconds of what you started saying. I think you're too far away from your mic or something. Oh, Luca, clutch board. Oh my god, that's huge. Who took that? Who took that layup? I don't know. It was terrible. Tony Snell deed up. Oh, they're just doubling the fuck out of Luca at this point. Also, I just saw a Wendy's commercial, and I'm so like excited to go. Do you agree with me that Wendy's should just should have just been like a local a local chain? It's like Midwest. It could have been so much more highly regarded. Uh oh. Wow. Oh, Big miss by Dallas here. Atlanta getting the ball getting, getting the ball back at half courts. Uh taking the ball out with four point seven left. Just took a timeout. Went to commercial break, I assume. We'll we'll, we'll stay live. We can get the end of this game at least. Um also I'm undefeated in fantasy basketball. Hey, good for you, man. What's your, what's your record? I'm six and zero. Oh. Ho, 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 ho. Are you, are you doing uh what, what's what's the um what's what's the type of this league? Is this a yearly thing? Is this a keeper? Is this a uh, do you draft auction snake? What yearly? So uh, it's categories, obviously snake draft. Half two categories. Got Pure points is fucking stupid. Yeah, because you have a have to have a well-rounded team. I actually have Trey, and I got super lucky because Gordon Hayward fell a shit ton. So I was just like, all right, fuck, I'll take Gordon. He's kind of been going off. I mean, yeah, he is their number one option. Also, can we take a second to talk about the Hornets and how much I love this team? Oh, my God. People love – also, I, I think LaMelo gets – I just hate how much LaMelo content I get through, like, fucking Instagram. It was way worse earlier in the year. Like, like but when LaMelo was on the bench and, like, kind of t- like not taking that great of shots and, like, playing pre- pretty mediocre – not been, not been properly utilized uh, as far as minutes and his role in the offense. Um, th- th- that that was out of line. I totally agree with that. It was just ESPN cherry-picking and just being like, all right, we're going to get the most content out of this guy. And that's what I'm about Dallas. Um, but since he start, has, he's been starting, it's been amazing. Like, he makes all these other guys that have had potential and just haven't quite succeeded because the Hornets are a dumpster fire uh, look so good. Like, Miles Bridges actually deserves to be starting right now. Uh, and I'm really mad that he's not because we, we, we get way loose alley-oops because of it. But, yeah. I mean, this this team is actually like, passable. They're like currently in the playoffs. Uh, as of, yeah, there's, there's a sixth seed because the East is actually pretty weak right now. Outside of the Bucks and Sixers, and the Nets are getting fucked by COVID. But yeah, the Hornets are fun, man. And one last thing I want to shout out is a Hornets announcer. I'm not sure who the play-by-play play, play guy is. You know, I sent you that video. I'm yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. I, I've been I've been watching uh, way too many Hornets games. Like, <laughs> like what? Disproportionate to the rest of the league. I've probably been watching like Lakers first, Hornets seconds. As far as like most amount of like. Like time spent eyeballs on TV because they're must watch TV, man. No matter what, no matter what Melo does, he's so exciting to watch. He has, he's averaging as many steals as Lonzo is right now, who's regarded as like an elite defender. 
He's leading all rookies in like pretty much every single category that there is is to is to have outside of blocks. It's it's amazing to watch. Also, ball game. Dallas wins. Trey Young is barking at an official. His hairline looks terrible. Someone fix Trey's hair, please. Damn, look at Trey. Yeah. Also, why is Jackson Mahomes so bullyable? Because he's a terrible dancer. Why, why do you think so? I don't know. I, I, I think he's bullyable. I just don't know that he's as bad as some of the bullies. Is it because you have Patrick to compare him to? I don't know. I mean, they're both kind of corny. Like, Patrick, because he's like, he, Patrick has done the thing what Tom did, but Tom did it like 12 years into his career. We get really swaggy really fast. As far as like the look, as far as like the clothes he wears, like how he carries himself, like how the ads make him look. But he did it like after like year three. After year two, I mean. PR, PR department feels like. Yeah. Yeah, but Jackson Mahomes actually is pretty cringy, though. I don't know what he's been talking about this podcast. I don't know if he's actually Jackson Mahomes or anything. How do you feel about uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, whose name I forget all the time? Brittany. Brittany. That's her name. I remember that. Why, why, what do, I, do I need to have a take on this person? Because she's like the ultimate woo girl. Like Her and Jackson Mahomes is a combo. Like, no human should ever have to sit through, like... Them putting together a video or like an Instagram story because it's it's unbearable. I think I'm pretty sure there's a compilation video out there of like her doing the woo for maybe like four minutes straight of just like comp- compilation of like her Instagram stories during Chiefs games from like the fucking like his box. Let's see if I can find this. Brittany Mahomes. This is a great use of podcasts. Mahomes' wife, annoying, was the first uh, result. All right, so am I going to build up this Wendy's? I think you should. We already had... Come on, stop it. Oh my god. I think she just reached a pitch that has never been achieved by... Oh. Can you <laughs> I hope it's not. I, w- I want to believe that it isn't so badly. Well, I'm glad you played that for the listeners at home. Yeah. Well, at least you point of reference now, everyone else, because that, that is what... 
it's the shit I have to see on Twitter that I don't want to see, but everyone else feels the need to share. That's so unbelievably bad. But yeah, that was pretty brutal, huh? Tough, tough, tough listen. All right, uh, last question before we call it, Sid. Who, getting back on topic, well, first of all, where's, where's Deshaun going in your minds? I just want one, one, one prediction quickly. I will go with the Denver Broncos. Wow. New GM. Following Peyton's footsteps. Um, and also, I just think about that AFC West division with fucking the amount of quarterbacks just all being stacked at the time. Yeah, former MVP candidates <laughs> Derek Carr <laughs> being like the, like way by far and away the worst quarterback in that division too. <laughs> but Miami's gonna have the easiest route, right? They have so much draft capital. I know. And really, they're ready to win right now. It's like in in a way. Yeah, they really are. I mean, all they all they have to do is like just draft like one like one receiver in like the first or second rounds. Assuming they're able to keep like one of their picks, and then they're set. They'll have they they'll have routes in free agency too, even after that. Oh yeah, it's true. Tons of cap. That's true. I mean, if, if you're Miami, you can get this trade done now. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, I've heard Houston isn't accepting calls for Watson right now. Yeah, yeah. Just just try the price up. Mix tool. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't just give they're in. They're going to have to do it. They're going to do it really effortlessly. Now, I don't. I mean, they don't want to trade him, but if they're going to trade him, like, there has to be franchise alternatives. Yeah, and so. plus, it's, it's also the, the GM's, basically, is, this new GM's, like, first move, too. So, yeah. it's extra pressure on added on to that, too. Even, so. Um, I will go with... And this is pretty much without looking at the salary cap and all those implications. I will go with... The Miami Dolphins. I don't have a a better... I don't have anything better. I want to say the Eagles. I think that'd be fun. (laughs) And just have even more drama surrounding Jalen Hurts. You just can't get your break. there is going to be a lot of... I I would love to see him on the uh, Niners... Looks like the Niners. I would not make a move at QB. I mean, you think of Jimmy. I mean, it's you're paying a pretty high premium though. If you're, um, if you're San Fran, if you can trade, like I mean, I would trade like a Nick Bosa in a trade piece if I'm the Houston Texans. Oh, I mean, you can't. I don't think. I don't think Bosa's tradable. I think it's untradable. I think you have to get. I think you, I think you give. I think you give up Jimmy G. So they still get a serviceable quarterback. They can trade later if they suck. Make a couple draft picks. Who's untradeable if you're getting Deshaun Watson? No one. Nick Bosa is. I don't know if Nick Bosa is untradeable. If you t- give me Deshaun Watson, I really think Nick Bosa. I mean, it would, it would essentially be straight up then if you're if you're if you're going Bosa for Watson, in my opinion. A quarterback, I think. I know, but but still, but he makes such an impact. I, I mean, we saw def- we saw the defense without without him this year. Is all I'm saying. He makes a massive yeah, difference. Yeah. I don't think like it's it's a it's at the JJ Watt level like that's how that's how highly I, I view Nick Bosa, and I'm, I'm terrified next year if we don't adjust our our O line because he's gonna wreak havoc on us. He's so fucking good. I'm actually I'm actually terrified. I'm terrified. But I'm, by the way, the whole Stafford trade also stressing me out a lot too. That's a great move for both teams, and makes me so sad. 
that Matt Stafford is actually in a good, good, good situation. He's a great I, quarterback. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see. I think Sean McVay um, had a next step he wanted to take with this offense, and he was never able to do it because Jared Goff didn't develop the way he wanted him to. So it'll right. be nice to see what, where this offense goes with Sean McVay unleashed. Because I mean, Matthew Stafford can do anything. I think I was on the podcast the other day. There's actually a connection between Stafford and McVay. They actually know each other really well. Um, I think, oh my God, I th- I'm pretty sure that, oh fuck, what is the connection? Um, Stafford's wife, Kelly, I believe she is related to one of the wives of, um, of someone in Sean McVay's family, either him or his brother. I think there's a relation. Which is actually terrible, like, pretty useless knowledge to provide to the listener. I'm not giving you the the actual relationship, but uh, the the point is they actually know each other pretty well and have spent lots of offseasons together. So there's actually a little bit of familiarity there already. So it doesn't feel like you're merging a future on a guy to figure out what this year. But I don't know. It's, it's it's dangerous, man. You can't you can't give Sean McVay a good quarterback, let alone a competent one. What was that? I think that was a good trade for both sides. Yeah, I agree. Detroit did really, really good value out of that, so honestly. Yeah, you know, you get a quarterback, then you, like, you're going you're gonna to suck anyway. Like, you know, like, you know, like, I probably yeah, probably equates like you can buy that with picks. It's kind of like when the Hawks give up for Jamal Adams. It's like all right, yeah, it probably equates. It probably equates like a, a top ten pick. I like, probably it's like a number eleven pick combined with the value of both of those. If you're assuming you're mean late first, so. I mean the NFL is so competitive. Like any year. That's true. Go to shit. Yeah, the picks in the NFL in general are just less valuable. Like if you're getting the picks in the NBA, I find I find. Like, stup- like it honestly blows my mind because it, 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 how the available picks are in the, in the NBA and how like one guy you just hang on one guy in like a second round or like late first but it's also that ends up being so good could change your franchise forever. It's so top heavy. If you don't have a top five pick, true. That's hard. It's rare to do. You can get Aaron Donald was 14th overall pick. Brad Farr was a second round pick. True. Yeah, but the, imp- but, the imp- but the impact is so much lower for one player in the NFL versus the yeah. S. So I'm just all I'm saying is like if, Ty- if I mean if, let's just say for example like Tyrese Maxey, let's just say he becomes like 25 a game scorer, like I mean that's that's unbelievable value. I mean that's like, that could change your franchise forever, and you basically did got, did nothing to get him. I mean all these all these late first teams give up for nothing. I mean I find crazy like THT he went he went in the late first like early second, and this guy could. And she ended up being a starter on a change of team, which is unbelievable. I don't know why. I don't know why these good teams give up those picks, especially when that's like your best value proposition for gaining talents. Assuming you've got infrastructure around them. Uh, one of these days, Sid, I'll just, I'll just send screenshots of the of the Madden franchise. Maybe they'll get it, or two K franchise, whichever one fits better. You know. 
right. Is there any closing notes you want to touch on, Sid? Maybe your maybe your NBA MVP. Um, I will go with Joel Embiid and this conversation. I actually just got 21 the other day, and I agree it does suck, but it's definitely better than the last, like, three or four iterations of it, which is something, I guess. That's fair. Fuck you, Madden. Yeah, fuck you, EA, and fuck you, well, 2K only kind of fuck you, but uh, do more for the franchise and uh, my league, please. On both fronts. Ooh. You should, should rebuild the, the Bears, dude. Put an injury to actual playbook and just go nuts. I might, I might, I might just do that. Maybe you should. No one's trying to stop you. Don't threaten me with that. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. All right. Uh, I, I will. I'm actually going to go with KD for my MVP right now. Only because he's the only person who has defense on that team. And that's my sole. That's my sole reason. He's still scoring thirty a game, and he's the only defender they have. So, pretty valuable. Yeah. Also, Kyrie's a bitch and keeps complaining, complaining about the Nets not catching a break. So, uh, deal with it, bitch. This is what happens when you when you get a big three. So, uh, yeah. Have fun with that, Kyrie. All right, I think that should do it for us, Sid. You got anything else you want to say? No, I think I'm all good. See y'all next week. All right, peace.